Welcome to the Noble Mother Podcast. This is a podcast for people who want to heal, learn, and grow from powerful stories and experiences shared by sovereign mothers and women. Mothers and women who question when their sovereignty is in danger. Mothers and women who have faced deep grief and loss. Mothers and women who have walked the coals inside themselves to unprogram what they thought and who they could trust to really come home to themselves and their power. These mothers and women fiercely protect their spiritual energy and their family's health and well-being. On the Noble Mother podcast, we will share stories of birth, life, magic, and death. I hope you find healing in the wisdom shared. I'm your host, Victoria Nicholas, and these are the Noble Mothers and Noble Women and their stories. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Noble Mother podcast. I have the most rich and nourishing series coming up with the most powerful women who birthed in their power and also chose companionship along the way. And so you will hear and feel into more of what that feels like. I'm starting this series off with the most powerful and she kind of reminds me of Joan of Arc, the new age Joan of Arc. This is Kristen Nagel. She was a former NICU nurse of 14 years. She turned holistic nutritionist and freedom activist who once believed home birth should be illegal and is now a fierce advocate for undisturbed physiological birth in the home. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so grateful for you to come on. I had to go back to your blog post that you read about that you wrote about Adley's birth and you started the top of the story as this story isn't unique or special. The story is one that women before me throughout her story have shared. This story is my personal reclaiming of my body, my faith and trust and the reclaiming of my birth, my children. I don't know. Do you want, can we start there? Yeah, I don't know why. Like, this is your reading that I just got overwhelmed with emotion, like tears. There must have been something in that. It's crazy how that just hit me. What was it? What part in your in your body? I, or the I don't I don't know. Like, so I couldn't believe. Like, just look all the tears for some reason. I just think like the, the starting off. Like, you know, it's it's not unique. It's not you know uh, a special story because women have done this. You know, for. The, like beyond since the beginning of time that's how we're here but there is something that's beautiful in you and unique in each one of our personal stories and it's unique in our hearts it's unique to us and it is a special story to each woman that goes through this that, that brings life creates life or brings life into this world and I just think like for me Adley's birth was one of the most powerful moments of my life and it was a complete 180 of where I came from in my beliefs of, of 
birth and my body and then to where I am now. And it was the full reclaiming of all my power. And that's why she is my redemption birth. And it was the embodying of completely surrendering everything to God and trusting everything in my body. And it was just so powerful to actually stand in that and then to be able to now advocate that I want all women to know that this option is available to them. There is so much in that. Where do I start? Okay. Well, let's talk about the belief system that you held with your two. So you have two sons who are older Mm -hmm. than Adley. Mm -hmm. And can you bring us back to your belief system in that time when you birthed them? Yeah. So I was working in the neonatal intensive care unit and uh, you see the worst of the worst. And that's what you think happens. You think that is what the norm is, that that is, you know, the general population. Like that's just what happens. Premature births, shoulder dystocias, babies needing resuscitation, all these different things going on. You see home births come in, you see midwives transferring care, you see these things and it becomes a very toxic place mm-hmm. in by means of that the NICU, the nurses, the doctors think that there's some kind of elitism in there that I they can, know best. Can yeah. I come back to, to like, you don't even know technically, do you have the nutrition of that woman, her, her life experiences, and then the cascade of interventions that brought them nothing. to the, yeah. Okay. Nothing. No, right. nothing. Mm-hmm. No. And nor is that even asked, right? right. So forceps uh, or aggression of another hand being present to potentially create, you know, some type of injury in a baby, like, you know, you're not getting any of that, that intel as it's moving into NICU. No, no, not at all. And nor do we ever, we just think, oh, like, well, what, you don't know anything. What are you doing at home doing this? Like, this is dangerous. You're not skilled. You, why aren't you in the hospital where the doctors know what they're doing and can help you? And Um, if it was a hospital birth and they come to the NICU, you're automatically like, oh, they did everything they could out in the other, behind the other doors and just the normal. Absolutely. And, it was like, and it's like, well, they've come to us now, even though you don't well, know how much Pitocin was given or how much disturbance, the light, the stress, like everything. Yeah. Right. Um, and waters. it's just like, well, thank goodness they were in the hospital. So we were right beside them and could help them. So this was the mentality and the, the belief system amongst nurses and doctors is very toxic is very negative towards midwives, doulas, uh, home births, everything. And that's the the belief culture mentality within that industry. Mm-hmm. And so you almost are conditioned to not even be open to those conversations. I remember working with uh, a woman and she was you know, having her first baby and she confided in me. I think I was starting to be more open to these conversations that she was going to have a midwife. And that was something she had to keep secret because there was absolutely by no means would an NICU nurse actually voluntarily have a midwife of her own baby. Like she would have been shunned by the rest of our colleagues. And it's, you know, you have to keep that secret. So this was the mentality I had going in. I didn't know anything else about birth with my first son when I became pregnant and, and gave birth to him in 2015. I remember thinking people asked me like, are you reading any books? And I was like, no, why would I read books? Like I work in the hospital. I've seen birth and I know what's going to happen and they'll just tell me what to do anyways. 
Like this was literally my mentality. I just like did not even think there was anything to even look into. Um, you know, in generations past, my grandma, I think, was, you know, hospital births, my mom hospital births. And it was like, well, why be a hero? Why be a hero when they can like give you something for that and, you know, take take the pain away? Like, why bother going through that? You know, you're not getting a medal at the end of it. Mm. You know, I think a lot of us have heard these these comments and so my journey kind of evolved. And I remember Billy saying this, that birth is the last one to go. And for me, that was the truth as well. So my first son. And Billy was uh, your companion. We yes. just had Billy on the podcast. Yeah. 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 Yes. So good. So I had went through all the OB appointments, all the typical tests, all the things leading up to, I think I was 38 weeks pregnant. And then came the stretch and sweep and did not know anything about this at the time. They're just like, okay, hey, we're going to do a stretch and sweep to make sure you don't go overdue. This is what happens. Might You might feel some discomfort. And it was the most painful thing I had ever experienced. I remember literally trying to push and crawl off the table and lift up the ta- off the table. And it was just awful. And then they're like, okay, you might have some bleeding after. And I was like, what just happened to me? Like, that was just, I was like, if I can't handle that, like, how am I going to handle, like, birthing this baby it was just so violating but again mm-hmm. didn't know anything about it thought that was just normal and then I think it was like a week after that or less than a week I had a trickle of water down my leg and of course one of the tests I had done was a GBS positive test so I was like oh I'm GBS positive like I think my water just broke I have to go into the hospital right away and so went in and uh they're like, yes, your water's broke. Okay. Yep. GBS positive. And I wasn't starting to labor on my own because baby wasn't ready. It was a stretching sweep. They broke the waters, like all these things now that I know can look back on. So I had to be induced and had to be started on antibiotics because I'm in the system. These are all the the things. Right. And, and, you know, luckily for the grace of God gave vaginal birth to this. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, luckily that was uneventful that somehow I was able to continue to have a vaginal birth. And then this baby was placed on my chest. I was like, Oh, hi, you're here. Nice to meet you. Like there is like, you know, the, the lack of bonding. And I now look back on all of it, right. It, it just all makes sense. Um, yeah, I did not bond to him right away. Breastfeeding was atrocious. Uh, I was ripped, completely raw, both nipples. I was pumping strawberry milk. Like it was just a horrific experience to the point my toes would curl. I, every time I heard him cry, I just did not want to go in mm-hmm. to feed him. Like it was just, uh, I would cry. And so that was about seven weeks. Like my postpartum was awful. And just remember this guilt, like I should love my baby more. Why aren't I bonding? What is this? And the guilt that would come over and, now I look back and I was like, well, I know why all that happened in the system, but right. didn't learn and you know, and you then. know why, mm-hmm. why they take that from a woman, because when you mm-hmm. stand, as you'll move into Adley's story, when you stand in that place, there's really not a whole lot that can break a family. You can move yeah. and your whole life and feel free inside of yourself. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't chalk any of that up to anything at that time right. yet. Um, but I started my journey into food through Logan. That was my first baby. Went to holistic nutrition school, 
became a holistic nutritionist. My eyes started opening up on the medical corruption of everything about all the lies we've been told about what to feed our babies first foods, mm-hmm. what the pediatricians tell us, then childhood immunizations. That was the next one. So each of my children was a different lesson. Logan taught me about the physical body in terms of how we nourished ourselves and that, you know, how how corrupt the food food system is yeah then you know it led me to become a holistic and what about your second son that was that was to trust our bodies that we're not made by mistake that we have everything that we need within us so why do we need to have synthetic injections put into us you know we are not born vitamin k deficient at birth there's a reason god didn't make us with flaws we don't need these you know things right at birth saying that we're not born perfectly or we're born weak we need man to intervene no there there's no accidents there's no mistakes everything is by intent so lee taught me to trust how we are fearfully and wonderfully made that we have everything that we need within us and so with him still hospital birth still got an epidural but i denied everything the you know the vitamin k the erythromycin all these things and i denied all his childhood immunizations so that was learning how to trust how we were how we were made and then it was after in between liam and adley i started to kind of learn more about birth and being more open to it And once that veil finally lifted over my eyes, I could no longer go to delivery rooms the same and not see the harms I was seeing anymore. It was just killing my soul watching what we were doing to women, the episiotomies, the forceps, the vacuums, the um, pushing on the, the bellies, the IV, all the lights on, all the people in the room taking babies away because they didn't meet a standard weight. This, this baby, because it was not five pounds, was taken from their mother to be placed alone in an isolate hooked up to a monitor. Why? Well, the, the best place they, they need to be is on mom's chest. There's nothing wrong with this baby. And it just started to kill me inside because once you see things, you can't unsee it and you just see it more and more and more. And then kind of led into 2020. Yeah, so, really. so yeah, 2020 happened. So you're a nurse in 2020. Mm-hmm. And had you started your companionship training um, through Billy Harrigan's nurse at that point or no? Had no, no, okay. not until 2022, but really not until 2023. Got yeah, it. it okay. Year. So it's 2020 yeah. and you're still a nurse. Yeah. And you, you decided to say, well, you decided essentially to break oath with a mafia, I guess. Yeah. Well, I didn't even realize what I was doing at first. I just thought everyone was so fearful. Everyone was so scared of what was happening. And all the health officials were doing was pumping more fear, fear, fear with not without any proactive measures to take nothing that could, you know, empower people or help people. So I just wanted to help remove the fear. And I was telling people about how to boost their immune system. These are foods you can have. These are things you can have on hand in your home. Mm. These are things you can do for your children. This is, you know, like this is how you can empower yourself to remove the fear, to know that there's tools you can have on hand. And that led to being reprimanded. And of course, I was still talking about talking against childhood immunizations, bringing awareness to the harms that that was causing. So again, big no, no. And yes. So basically, what is the oath that you do take as a nurse? Like when they license you, like, is it very, very straightforward and laid out about what you're not allowed to speak? Not really. Oh, not really an oath, but. Like we, we do a pledge. We, we say the Florence Nightingale pledge 
which is like, you know, I won't do any harm and I won't administer or take Mm. any harmful drugs is one of the lines in it, which is pretty amazing. But no, I don't know what it is. It's not really written out anywhere. It's like this known thing that you can't talk about quackery, like which is (laughs) anything natural, anything that actually works, right? Like, I don't know where that actually comes from or where that's written. It's not really anywhere. It's just a cultural. Right. It's a cultural belief that continues on in that field. Right. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, 2020 happens. And if you, you know, I will post links to how we can support Kristen because currently right now what's happening is, you know, the Canadian government has decided to fine you and create absorbent amounts of fees for speaking up and creating um, really a like-minded community platforms to gather during this time that was really feeling not aligned for many families. So I'm going to be posting, you know, all the ways that we can help Kristen in, in that. And I'm sure many of you listening know just her bravery. Yeah. You immediately, I think of Joan of Arc when you, when you talk about, you know, just your armor and all the offerings that you're putting together now, but then you move into meeting Billy. So how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Billy Harrigan. Yeah. Billy ended up in one of our nursing chats. Uh, she oh. supported one of our nurses uh, in several of her births. And, and we, you know, we're talking about the spike protein, all the things happening. And this one nurse was like, I think we need to bring in Billy Harrigan. She's a traditional birth companion. She's been working with birth. She's working with mother. She's been seeing things. And I think she could help us a lot and offer a lot to our, our community in this chat. So she brought in Billy into a signal chat and Billy was able to offer all the things that she was seeing with mothers, with pregnancies, with their births post 2021, uh, which was quite in, incredible in the sense that she had never seen any of these things before 2021 with mm-hmm. the postpartum hemorrhage and um, you know, most hospital transfers she'd seen going in and just, you know, out of her 40 years experience, 2021 was very, very different, um, you know, and so it was kind of anecdotal to kind of for us to to learn what was going on. So that's how I caught, I was introduced to Billy. And this was already at this time, I was already on my way to just being very open to home births, getting out of the system, helping people navigate that because they put on um, absurd restrictions on women, like laboring with a mask on, their partner not allowed at the bedside until active labor actually starts, like um, visitors, like there's so many crazy things. And then testing, PCR testing, threatening your baby. If Well, if you don't get testing and if your baby tests positive, then you're not allowed to see them if they get admitted to the NSU, like all the threats, the bullying. And at that point, it was like, stay out of the hospital uh, as much as possible. So I was already like, how can we support women in the homes? Like ready to learn, open. What does this look like? Like there's no way women should be going into that place at this time. And I became pregnant the fall of 2021 and reached out to Billy said, I'm ready. Uh, I want to try a home birth and have you as my companion. So she supported me for the first, that was only 11 weeks, but it was just more through conversation. What was happening and that baby was not ready to come earth side. So it taught me another lesson though, because I had 
a miscarriage before that I had multiple ultrasounds for and, you know, confirmed in hospital and this and that. And this, this loss, it's like, well, just what, what is an ultrasound going to tell me? Why do I need to go into the hospital? What is my body going to tell me? So I actually was in denial when I knew I had lost the baby and thought, well, maybe, maybe it was something else. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it's still okay. And waited, I guess, four weeks. And then my, that's when it was an actual period that returned. And it's like, okay, baby's gone. But I had to wait. And I waited four weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my body will just know. It will tell me, you know, yes, I could have gone and had that immediate test. I could have gone into the ultrasound. But for what? I will know when it's time. And I think I needed that time to grieve and be in denial and then accept anyways, right? So there is this process that I think we need to allow our our body, our mind, our emotions, our spirit, everything to go through gradually, like without the immediate, you know, intervention response. Absolutely. So that, was, and also you birthed that yeah. baby at home, right? You mm-hmm. birthed, right? You let your body pass yeah. that soul. And-, and and my first loss I did as well. Um, but I had leading up to ultrasounds because I was bleeding for two weeks with my first lot loss. And so I was going in like kind of those two weeks, ultrasounds, ultrasounds, K baby, baby. And then that one, I, I, I didn't have to go back in to confirm that loss. Um, that baby was passed at 13 weeks, and, but, and then this, the second one was 11 weeks, but that's how I first got to know Billy. Mm-hmm. And it just was not at the time yet, but I think that baby still always teaches lessons. It was like, okay, even, even during these hard times, how can you trust your body and lean into this and know that it's going to be, you know, this is what your body's going to tell you and work through. And I thank goodness at that time I had uh, found my faith. So that loss was a lot. I don't know. I will say it this way, even though it doesn't make sense, was a lot easier to handle than the first without faith. Yeah. Uh, Well, because you're being held because you know that there's such a purpose instead of that complex of everyone should live or, or even a victim complex of like, well, why me? You know, you're like, wow, like there is a God, there is some, there is, there is a piece that I am connected to and can, and see this journey ahead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and yeah, and it it did, it, it, it helped Uh, where Mm -hmm. the the first loss was absolutely beyond devastating. Every loss is, but Mm -hmm. that one just like rocked me and broke me and, uh, in the the why the guilt right what did I do that right. a lot of us because have. of that complex you would have probably held too like well mm-hmm. I'm an NICU nurse like I know all the you know these things it's what people yeah, it's what people sort of decide well I know all these things and then mm-hmm. that's when sometimes you're just humbled to be like well there's more to know there's more to see there's more and, and to I- strip back Absolutely. And I think also that complex of like being in, you know, the medical system, like there's things that you can do or should have been able to do, or how do you prevent it? Or how could I fix right. it? Or, you know, like you always think there's something that you can do to, to fix or change or intervene or do something. Whereas I think we have to get comfortable with the idea of sometimes we'll just never know. Sometimes yeah. there's nothing that you can do. Sometimes there's just, they come into our lives for a reason and accepting, you know, knowing this gift and that there, there is no intervention. There's, there's, we don't need to fix everything and, and, and know why. And Absolutely. that's the other big thing. We don't always need to know. Or you'll why. know why maybe in a two, in a year or two mm-hmm. years, or, mm-hmm. you know, it might come to you in a different way, not the mm-hmm. t- typical way as like, well, this is why this happened. Yes. You know, description. I, 
And I realized it was because I still had work to do. Right. Um, and ended up in the convoy for that. You know, I would have been five months pregnant at the convoy. That would have wow. looked very different. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 2021 and- was a pretty, like, I don't know. Do you remember in your body what 2021 felt like? Uh, stress, awful, panic, fight or flight, survival mm-hmm. mode. Right. Yeah. yeah. Lots of hate. It was mm-hmm. after the ho- the hospital protests that we organized across Canada. The amount of anger, uh, vile language, the hate thrown at us, the the um, just the fear of people, you know, of what what's going to happen. You know, should I worry about my children, our family, our home? It was uh, I, it, it was not a safe time. Right, and so your womb was saying, "It's okay, mom. Like it's okay." You know, I even after that, the convoy, I got to march with James Top. I would have been having a baby at that time. So I wouldn't have met him and that experience and what that did for my healing and just connection and everything. So I know this baby was watching over and teaching me lessons and just preparing me for, for Adley. That was, that was the time I was ready to let go of the fight. I was ready to move in a different space. I was ready to put all my words that I had been speaking at events and, places into action. I had been talking about reclaiming our responsibility, reclaiming our power, trusting ourselves, trusting our body, trusting, you know, in our innate wisdom. And after having gone through everything over the last few years, it was like, okay, now's the time. Now's the time to actually experience it and stand in the power and, and live it. And that's what Adley was born March of 2023 coming up to a year. I can't believe it's been a year next month. I know. I know. Well, and yeah. it's so funny. I have to personally share this because we would have gotten pregnant with like my Finn and your Adley around the same time. And I reached out to Billy because I had Billy for my son. And she's like, I'm just not traveling right now. And you know, just not the time. And I was like, okay, okay. And that was hard. That was hard for me because she came to Noble. But then I knew I was like, well, she had to, she had to be with you. Like she, that was the companionship there. And it's so beautiful now to just be all together in sisterhood, you know, and in birth and the, the work that just knowing all of you really personally and professionally. And so it's so cool, like that it all unfolded as it did. Absolutely. And we were just, yeah, uh, days, days apart. Yeah, right? because the, the, the 16th is, or is she the 10th? The 11th. Close, He's the yeah. 11th, and then Finn's the 13th. So just oh, 13th. Oh, just, yeah. okay. just yeah. right after. I couldn't remember. Yeah, we were both in after. our kind of postpartums together and everything. Yes. So it's so beautiful, and it's so beautiful. I really loved – I think I can remember the post of you – because I did follow you through the journey of you just speaking your voice and really like just being that Joan of Arc really for, for Canadians. And I was a little bit, I sort of really monitored the amount of energy that came into my space in that time because I just was just where I was, but I really have so much respect for you. And then I saw you post a really beautiful image. I think you were in your garden or maybe at a homeschool event and you were like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm just going to settle into something that feels a bit different you know, and just like, like you said, like, there's like a rainbow behind you right now, like on the wall, as you say this, but yeah, just settle in. And so she decided to settle in your womb and tell us about what that was like. 
yeah. working with the companionship and the support you did. And I think you had a doula as well, right? Did you no, no. Okay. Uh, a friend, a friend that came, she just came sister. as a support. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. A sister. Um, and I think it's interesting too. I think I was telling you right after our babies were born that if we had a boy, Finn was always one of our I number know. one names. Yes. And then it's so interesting, you know, and then you have Finn. And you go, and you were like, we just couldn't do it. I remember. And I was like, what? Like, there's like, you know, our last name's Nagel, as if there's a a name that wouldn't fit with that. But Finn was the only one, Finn Nagel. Nagel. And I kept being like, would it be funny? Would he hate us? What would happen? I was like, I just love the name Finn. But yes. Well, maybe like they're due to marry one day or something. I don't know. I mean, he's been. Yes. So I just thought that was kind of funny, that part of the story too, connection. I know. Uh, so it was, it was, um, this, this was my most peaceful, calm pregnancy. Like it was just so beautiful in the sense that it was just mine. And there's a passage that I refer to often. It's on my website and it's Psalm 139. And, you know, it's about us being fearfully and wonderfully made and knit together in our mother's womb Mm. in the secret place. And I find this, that verse so powerful because it should be a secret place Mm. and it's only for God to knit together and to know who's in there and who he is bringing into this world. And for us to connect inward with this life being that is within us. And it's not for anybody else to know, to see, or to interfere with. And that goes, you know, with ultrasounds. No, there's no reason. No one needs to see inside my womb. This is for God only and for me to connect inward. So this pregnancy, I reclaimed this responsibility this power. And I came inward because the other two, I was outsourcing. I was going to ultrasounds. I was asking the doctor. I was looking for external validation. Is everything okay? Am I growing okay? Baby's growing okay? Am I the right size, the right weight, the this, the that, the that, whatever it was, every test. And this one was just me and God and baby, whoever was growing in there, whoever was coming into, into life. And then being was- witnessed on the outside from beautiful women to just mm-hmm. trust you to be in your baby, to be in that secret place, not infiltrating yes. the womb. Yes. Yes. And you're just growing and just, you know, okay, here's a beautiful belly. I always love my pregnant bellies. And it was just like the, the confidence was crazy. Like it compared to the other two with like tests and checkups and people looking and everything. So much more confident in standing in just me and baby and God. Just because every, you don't realize every appointment you go to and every test and every doctor's appointment, you're, you have this anticipation and anxiousness. Like, I hope everything's going to be okay. I hope everything's normal. Hope that test comes back. Okay. I hope, I wonder, like you're, it's just, it always messes with you Yeah. Uh, versus this, you just, you just trust. And you're like, it's okay. It'll and if okay. something comes up, you can be we'll curious. Deal with it. You can be, yes. you can be curious. You can be curious and ask, Hmm, like. I wonder what might be presenting. Could it be emotional? Could it be my Mm. nutrition? Could it be maybe things happening in relationship around me instead of just immediately going outward and looking for somebody to, you know, tell you, 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 you you do have this moment of, um, yeah, like you said, curiosity, 
Yeah. Like that, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm going to think about that. I'm not quite ready to wake up. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so baby. Yeah. So just doing our thing, growing and you were growing oddly and getting bigger. And then Billy was there as an amazing support. Um, most of the time we just would, when we get together, it was a, a two hour checkup. We just wanted to chat and catch up with life. And, uh, okay. <laughs> You're okay, baby. You're okay, baby. Yeah. So it was even just, even that was just so comfortable and different because it was this beautiful friendship, just this mm-hmm. deeper connection. This, I want to know about you. I want to know about your life. I want to know how you're feeling. I want to know how you're doing. Like all these things that are so important as a mother that are not taken into consideration in the system, because in the system, it's just all numbers. And who are you? Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Who cares? Like do the numbers show what I want to see? That's all that matters. And so being able to create this beautiful, deeper connection of like, oh, my life matters. Everything that is going on in my life matters. And it is all part of the experience and to be held, to be loved, to be supported in a a totally different way um, was really beautiful uh, as well. And so the birthday comes. Yeah. And, you know, I, (laughs) I want to, I want you to to share your birth story. And also even, you know, my, my, my one question around the birth story was, did you feel a lot of what had been building in your body from 2020 and even just the environment you had worked in and, and the belief system you lived in played a part even though you were so connected to your womb and your faith, you know, and had that support around you, did you feel like there was a bit of a fight inside as you moved through the birth and then just release or like where, how did it all feel and go for you? It's really interesting because during the birth was very different versus now looking back okay. and thinking about it. So, uh, yeah, it was, I had just done a full like day with my kids or in a Friday co-op. I teach at that school. I was on my feet. I, you know, I'm 39 weeks pregnant. And I was like, oh, like I was on my feet a lot today. My back is sore. I'm going to, I'm just going to lay down and rest. My husband's at a poker game <laughs> and it was like 9, 10 PM. And I was like, I'm just, you know, my back sore from, from being on my feet all day. I'm just going to lay down and rest. And then I was like, oh, this feels a little different than just a backache. And remember like going to the bathroom and I was like, oh, there's some, some pink, something's happening. Message Billy. And she's like, oh yes, your cervix is changing. Things are happening. Uh, Keep me posted. And I was like, okay. And then things kind of started intensify from there. And I have a girlfriend, my girlfriend, Christina, who is organizing the birth conference with, and sorry, Mm -hmm. I don't know how loud the kids are in the background, but no, it's totally, this is the way that it is here. We're all mothers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> they're starting to play. Now the, now the baby's awake. They're like, we can play. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yeah. So I started messaging and I think I was like around 12. I messaged my husband. I was like, I think you need to come home. Things are intense and message my friend and thinking like, oh, I'm kind of like, you know, feeling this. Like if this is what I'm feeling already, like how am I going to handle? So I already had that in my head. How okay. am I going to handle? Because you had a two epidurals prior. So you yes. were sort of working through no epidural yeah, and being at yeah. home and all the things you had been through from 2020 up till 2023. So there's yes. a lot happening. 
that there is. And um, I think my husband got home around one and I had two baths at this point just to kind of rest in the water, but mostly all in, in my back. And I remember my girlfriend wrote me and she said, don't focus about the next ones. Don't think about the next one. Just think about each one. Cause if you think too far ahead, you're going to mm. take yourself out of your body and you're not going to be able to stay present in each of the sensations. So don't worry about the next one. Just mm. focus on each one as you're going through it. And I think it was around 3 AM where I was finally like, yeah, you should come over. <laughs> I think you should come over. <laughs> it's getting pretty intense. And so message my friend and Billy, Billy's about an hour away. My friend was just 10 minutes away. So she got there pretty quick. Billy, I think, showed up at 4 a.m. And at this point, my husband is counter pressure on my back the whole time. It's it's quite intense, quite intense. And yeah, Billy comes with her birth stool and these things. She, Do you want to try this? Do you want to try that? Sure. Yes, I'll try this. And I'm just awful, really. It was awful. So you essentially, <laughs> was awful. you essentially had back what they would, what they would, called back labor. I've had one, I've had a few women actually reach out to me to discuss their back labors. And one woman in particular, uh, shared with me that she felt like she was very suicidal. And so, um, I was like, okay. And you know, you want to take in all types of stories, right. And, and honor and witness that and see that. And so I just, you know, I, I wondered where, where you were, like in the stars and in your head and feeling this in your back. And also, do you think that the back was the focal point? Cause that's where an epidural goes in. Like, do you think there was like an emotional piece to that that needed to be worked through or yeah. Like, I have no idea. I'm so curious about okay, um, yeah. back labors. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Cause I think because Logan, my oldest, I was induced. So I didn't start any natural contractions. Right. Liam, I did start uh, I did have natural contractions but were they in your back but there it was it was my back it was in your back and, okay and any time um on my period I get back aches down the right in leg back so okay. I don't know what I don't know what that is about yeah um, they say your right side is in relation to your father or your masculine side hmm. if there are things sometimes that present in the body yeah I don't know how that resonates. I always get things. I have lots happen with my father. Everything always happens on my right side. So, yeah, I don't know that. I I have a very great relationship. I love. I love. Yeah, that. I don't so know. Cool. I don't know. Or your masculine self, like you know, we have our feminine Maybe it's and masculine. That, yes. There's sometimes there's like the inner. There can be an inner conflict. Yeah. But yeah, I'm always open to all of it. I love. You Me know, too. I'm always. That's where my mind goes. I'm always like. Yes. And sometimes you can grab one here, here. And yeah. sometimes it's just like, it's just, I still don't get it. I know. And you know, I've talked to Billy about it too, because she said, yeah, Billy's had seven children. She's never experienced back labor. And I have not either. Uh, I don't have seven children, but yeah, it is a very, you know, I, it, I'm curious around it. I'm curious yeah. around and it. And it wasn't a position thing. It's, I since I'll, and I'll, I'll add in what I since have learned now, Okay, but okay. it was, but it was so very intense, very awful, uh, and trying different things, you know, first stool, not working, this, that. Would you want to try the shower one more time? Sure. And I was like, nope, this is not working. Get me out because my husband was not able to do really great counter pressure while I was in the wet. shower. And then, yeah, the heat. And I was like, nope, this is not good. Somehow I crawled out of the shower and literally just landed on my kitchen floor, like out of the, you know, because it was like bathroom. We have a small house, kitchen. And I just laid on my side on the floor. And that's where I stayed 
that's where I found my comfort on my side, laying there, they put a towel over me. And that's when I went into the liminality phase of just Mm. out of my body and finally just let things happen. Um, Every sensation I just remember picturing, okay, just opening baby coming down, opening baby coming down. And I held onto a kitchen chair and that was like my, my grip. And when things intensified, I just kind of would slam the chair more into the ground or, and my husband's was there the whole time. It's like your staff. It was like, yeah, I was like, Oh, it was just something. (laughs) As you journeyed up the hill. Yes. Yes. I remember. Yes, exactly. And my husband's like, okay, this, this must be normal. Cause Billy went and had a nap. My mm-hmm. friend Christina stayed <laughs> stayed with me, and so Chris Chris was like, "Well, I guess everything's okay. This is normal. Billy's sleeping, so I guess this is part of it." And uh, you know, she was playing Sudoku. I don't even know Sudoku, napping, whatever. But I was sleeping, and I couldn't believe this. It was like those you hear about them, right? Those thirty to ninety second deep, powerful sleeps. Yeah, that, that's it. They're like seconds. And I remember, like, I think I'm sleeping because I was something I would catch myself. I was like, I think I'm dreaming. And then I'd wake back up in the intensity and slam the chair and then go back into this like <laughs> dream state and come back in the chair. Just ready, like, ready with your yeah. staff again. Yes. And this part, like all these things looking back on, but then I think I was there for two, two and a half hours just laying there. Yeah. And then to all of a sudden waking up and being like, am I prolonging this? Like I should get up. I should be doing something. Like, I think I'm just prolonging baby from coming. Like I need to get up and do something. And went back in the bathroom, toilet, tub, whatever it was like laying on the tub. I mean, as a, and Billy saw my, my purple line and she kept it this part to her head and to herself. She didn't want to discourage me. And it was showing not far along. So she was like, Oh no. Anyways, now everything is in hindsight, but at that time she's like, I'm just going to keep this to myself. And then she, she, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like, I, I don't know if I can. And she looked at me deep in my eyes, held my hands firm. And she's like, you will, and you can just like every other woman before you has. And it's like, okay, I can. All right. I'll do this. And she suggested moving to the bedroom to try some different positions because she thought I was not far along from the purple line. From the purple line that sort of presents above our, uh, what's the word looking for? Our anus, our butt crack. Our anus, our butt crack, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it can be a determiner that depending yeah. on where, it's like a barometer. And so. Yeah, it tells you kind of like your, you know, kind your of a, dil- a dilation. A dilation yes. a little bit. Yes, yes. Yeah. And most of the time accurate. And in my case, it was not, but right. I did not know this then. So move to um, my bed and tried different positions. I was like, nope, that's not working. And then I started this weird gagging, vomiting, like blood. And I was like, what is that about? That worried me. So that took me out of my body. Cause I was like, what, why am I spitting up blood? And Billy thought it was just from being dehydrated. Cause I'd been up all night and not really able or wanting to take anything in. She was kind of dipping her finger in salt and giving that to me and trying to give me a little bit of honey or sips of water. She's like, you need to get some stuff in you. Yeah. And as I was having these intense gagging, you know, that was pushing things down. It's so smart. Yes. Yes. And then, so I tried, she tried one other, I was like, nope. And then I kind of got up onto all fours and unexpectedly I think I was like, I think baby's here. Like, I think there's a head. And then Billy ran out to grab gloves or something. And then there she was, she was out just 
instantaneously shocked. I wasn't even prepared because I was like, I think there's a head. It, she was still end call. I could see oh, the sack. Oh, she was? The water sack. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So magical. Yeah. Oh, so I, that's such good I, luck. I think that's pretty amazing. And I wonder how many babies would actually born be born on call if there weren't interventions, right? Like I'm always so right. curious about this. Well, and I mean, if you lived by the sea, I know, you know, that was a really um, sacred thing. If your children were born in their sack, especially if they went out to work on the sea, like your sons, they would save them and dehydrate them and put them in their pouch and things like that because it would protect them. Yeah. So Cause it's cool. their protective waters. It's their yes. womb. Of course yes. they take it out with them. You know, yeah. well, there. It's so beautiful. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. So there she, there she was, just all of a sudden, surprised us all, not ready, because I could not like feel where she was in my body because of the back pain. Back pain, I, right? And I, I don't did know. Did you that's move out of back pain? Did you move out I of the back did. pain? You never did. Okay. No, no, right there till the very end, till she was out and then on the bed, and I'm staring at her, just there, and and I just looked at her and I said, like we did it like baby girl, we did it. And very interesting. I had no idea what I was having until I started um, that night, 9, 10 PM kind of like having those um, back experiences aches. And I thought, hmm, we're going to have a girl. It just was like, I'm going to be a baby girl. That's when she so came I was not surprised when I saw her. Yes. And I was not surprised when she came mm. out and she was a girl. And, and mm. I just, I remember thinking like, we did this, like we did it, we did it. And I was allowed that hot minute of quiet in the room, no intervening, nothing happening. I just got to stare at her and collect myself and just realize everything that had happened, everything, you know, that I experienced. And there she was. And what a different experience, even in that moment, being able to look at baby girl and say, we did that. Like we overcame that. We conquered that together versus two babies being put on my chest and being like, ah, you're here. Very, very different. Very different. What a different imprint, right? Yes, completely. It's like, well, here you go. Like here's, here's the stuffed animal you want at the fair carnival, right? Like they just pass it to you versus looking at them saying we journeyed this and now we are one. We are a dyad. This Mm -hmm. is us. Mm -hmm. Completely different. Yeah. Completely different imprint. Yes. Yes. But all the mothers are still connecting with their babies. They find, they crawl to them even after being traumatized. Like, Oh, absolutely. Of course. They do. I'm not saying that doesn't that imprint because the mothers are so beyond why we continue here on this earth. They will crawl to it. But why, why do we want mothers to crawl through hell to find that? Why can't they Mm -hmm. see it in that moment? And live and have it. That ex- and have that experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and then, you know, able to collect myself, get baby girl on the chest, lay back, and there she is. And we just were there together, you know, mm-hmm. attached to placenta in her bed for over two hours until felt ready. She had nursed and she, you know, it was beautiful and felt ready that it was like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. We can cut the placenta dad's dad can hold skin to skin and I'm going to go shower yeah. and I could get up and walk through the shower in my own shower, mm. and, you know, wash up, come back to a, a clean, clean bed, crawl back in with baby and um, husband and my boys were there. My mom was there at the end 
and my mom was, you know, brought my boys to her house after. And, but I, you know, my, my boys got to meet their baby sister right away. And I remember once the house was quiet and everything was said and done. And my husband and I just looked at each other. We're like, we're in our home. Like we're in our bed. We're a baby. Like with our fridge and our food and everything is here. Like just, you know, it was just so different than being right. Well, it's where you made your baby. Like, of course you would end up back there after they Mm -hmm. so crazy that we've moved away from that. And that yes, like these little simple things, but they're so important. They're so important. Absolutely. And uh, I just, my, my girlfriend, Christina, that was there, uh, you know, she said this to me and it, it has landed with me and I use it often now that she's like watching, you know, the whole birth. And she's like in that moment, like as women and, and you in that moment, she's like, we are at our most vulnerable, but our most powerful. And those two things side by side. Right? Because we are, we are vulnerable in our body and being exposed and sharing and the sounds that come out of us and everything that we're doing, like we are just letting it all out there, but wholly the power that is in that and what we get to feel and what we get to reclaim and what we get to embody moving forward. And Nitty said this best, and I will always remember what she said because it hit me hard was, you know, you know, there's lots of talks of, yes, yes. because a lot of times there's, you know, the talks of the pain-free, which, you know, is amazing Mm -hmm. if that happens, but, you know, I think the other, I don't remember who said this, but you birth how you live. And for, for me, you had asked, you know, everything that I'd gone through. And I think it was a total reclaiming of everything, the healing, the hurt, the pain, everything that had gone through. And it was hard. And Nitty had said this in another podcast that it has to be hard. It has to be hard because it has to show us what we're able to overcome, what we're able to conquer, what we're able to do and how we're able to show up and fight for our children every time. And that as mothers, we will always overcome it because our children are that important. And it shows us that we are able to do hard things for our children every single time. And that landed with me. Like it was so powerful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the thing, the, the, this is, I think why I'm so passionate about this series. Thank you for sharing Adley's beautiful birth and just her arrival in her on call. It's just magic in her womb. And of course she would have still been woven in her womb sack. Like you had made that secret connection Mm -hmm. passage, right? So Mm -hmm. beautiful. I'm not looking to have birth be sort of this, this, a place of pain free and even trauma in our cells removed. It's about inviting in energetic, spiritually wise, embodied women to hold and sit with you while you move through hard pieces that are blood, bloody and messy and difficult, sometimes blissful, you know, and why that's so important instead of outsourcing it to places where they really don't want you to access true parts of yourself and your mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. They'll show it to you eventually, you know, as you leave those systems or you kind of get into your own home and figure out your own groove. But I think this is where it all comes back to is birth. Absolutely. It does. And I think this is, you know, I think the attack on the woman, the attack on the womb, you control the world, you know, like, and that's why this has been the longest, longest attack has been on women in birth, yeah. you know, always, you know, yeah. since 
Um, you know, the witch hunts, I think it started in the 1800s, probably who knows even when really, but it's been the longest attack is when, if you can control the womb, you can control everything. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and I've, I've, I've witnessed that in the NICU. I've witnessed that at, at conception, you hand over your power. You're, yeah, that's when you begin to outsource the dating ultrasounds, the next ultrasound, the test, the test, the going to, you know, external validations. If it's in obstetrics or whatever that looks like, you know, the labor, they tell you how and when to push, what to do with your body. Baby's placed on a table, injected immediately because we're, we're born with flaws. We, you know, we need man's help. And then what does that do? Then we're led to well baby visits and so on and so on. And the cycle continues until we put that stop in it and say no more. I am reclaiming all this power. I am no longer outsourcing. I am trusting my body and I am coming back and taking what has been mine and no more, no longer will you take this from me. And I'm going to do this with trusted women who mirror back knowledge and wisdom for myself. I did have a free birth. I was not planning on it. I'm always one for having women, you know? And so this is where I'm really wanting to bridge that because I feel like women are either saying they want regulated care or a free birth. And it doesn't, you don't have to- It doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to have to choose that sort of in in the the name of sort of trauma of not allowing anyone in, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. invite beautiful, skilled companions and sisters and then, you know, your neighbor- Whoever you feel yeah, absolutely, and that's that's what it, that you know what it was. Yes, was women. It was wise women coming together, and that's why you know I, I've learned throughout you know my last like I don't know it hasn't been a long four years journey in into birth was like yes I did outsource all my power yes through you know the cycle at conception and beyond and the well baby well baby visits inviting a wise woman into your space does not mean you're giving up your responsibility. No. Because you are still right. you are in control of your your body, your experience and what's happening. And you it is still you that That's is right. there. The wise women are there to make sure that the environment, the atmosphere stays that way, however you know, you need and that to support. be back maybe some things that you need yes. to maybe stay curious about in yourself or in your journey. Yes. yes. And I see yeah, I see your babies. Broken. Your babies are totally ready for you. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, it's 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 interesting looking back at that moment, like when now everything in high, and looking looking back um, when I woke up off the floor, and it was you know like oh my gosh, like am I do, am I prolonging this? Am I delaying this? That was catecholamine surge. That mm-hmm. surge that right before baby was coming, but didn't know it. That's why I woke up and was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Okay. Like my prolonging this, like that adrenaline surge came in because it was like, protective. baby was ready. And that's why things happened um, so quickly. And baby was there, but it was just interesting not knowing that at the time. Yeah. yeah and, of and, and Billy thinking, thinking that we weren't far along, but that was the catecholamine surge that came in. It was like that surge of adrenaline, wake up, you know, your baby's coming. And it's amazing to kind of see these things differently now. And I mentioned the back labor, you know, mm-hmm. learning something else, you know, looking back. And um, I love also learning from Yolanda Clark, Oz wife, you know, she, she, she is. She, and so I was speaking to her. I got to meet her in person, which was so incredible. And I asked her about my back labor and I told her, you know, you did a post that I was not ready to hear at the time. It was like a week after Adley was been born about how back labor is not a thing. And I was like, it triggered me. 
but I'm, I know enough now that whenever I'm triggered, it means I need to look more into that. Yeah. Like, tell me more ready. about I wasn't this. ready. I wasn't ready at the time, but I was like, now I'm open. I'm ready. Like, what do you mean? And, you know, she shared with me her stories of birth and her back. She said 10 children. This. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All free and, <clears throat> and I think not, not all, I think oh. the first ones were, were a couple of them. Okay. I don't think hospital, but maybe more of like a, a midwife. The midwife. Right? Okay. Yes. Yes. I don't think ever in the hospital, but I think midwife. Okay. And she's like, it's always some kind of form of resistance. There's always something that you're still resisting. <sighs> and, and so your body cannot fully relax, fully surrender. So even though I was like, I'm surrendering it all to God, I am surrendering to this. I, you know, I can move through this, but I, of course, when, you know, when she said that, if, the like, resistance, did you think be- of the. The resistance, resistance of the, of the kidney of 2020 and the resistance movements that you led. Um, but I was still thinking like, of course there would still be some fear mm. of never, of never going through this of, you know, even when I first asked my friend, I was like, Oh, if it's already this intense, how am I going to handle it later? So right. even when I mentioned that to my girlfriend at the very beginning, when I started to feel things, so always not knowing what was to come what was going to experience. So of course there would still be that bit of resistance in my body. Cause there's still that little bit of fear of the unknown, you know, what, what's going to happen What what am I capable of? Like, what am I going to feel? And so, so yes. And then of course, I mean, yeah, if you want to throw in the whole resistance of the last few years and everything else, but I thought when she said that, I was like, yeah, like that, that makes sense to me. Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I have resistance? Why wouldn't I have some kind of like, fear or you know of the of the unknown having never have gone through this before of course my body would resist right did Yolanda make that post out of response to your birth it's like you had just sort of come across it and I just had come across it and you know what how cool right because if we don't all share and be curious and just sort of move through these experiences together as sisters then what are we doing here Absolutely. So good for you and good on her. What a really beautiful code to drop for you. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really fascinating and interesting, but you know, it had to come at the right time and I had to be open to hearing the the conversation. Absolutely. Well, yes, but yeah. I was not ready at the at the time. Yeah. Uh, when it first came out. So, you know, for anybody else, whenever you're triggered, sit with it, be curious about it, Absolutely. wonder why, and then yeah. come and back then to the conversation. In later when you're absolutely ready to go inward proceed. I love that I feel like that happens to me once a week currently Kristen <laughs> I know your babies are calling you back is there can I'm obviously going to post all the ways that people can connect with you but what do you have coming up right now that you'd like to share here on the podcast you know what's coming up that's really exciting next week and if anybody I don't know when this is gonna be posted probably not yeah, I'm hoping to get it out this week absolutely like okay um, so this, this might be past the time, but I'm going to share it anyways. Because yeah, sure. It's exciting. I'm gonna... Is, um, we're co-hosting a, a retreat in Costa Rica, February 17th to the 24th. And it's actually named rebirth. It's the rebirth journey. Oh my and, gosh. I just got goosebumps. And, and we came up with this because retreat sounds like, you know, the, the escape, the, the running away, the, the retreating backwards, like we're leaving. And we said, no more. We're not retreating. We're not escaping we're stepping in we're coming home we are returning we are reclaiming and the last several years we have all been transformed none of us are the same 
And we are now stepping into this new energy, this new space, this new power. And we're stepping into who we have been rebirthed into. It's this like whole rebirth transformation. That and you're is doing this in Costa Rica. Yes. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to do anything with, with actual birth, but as, as women, women. Um, as being transformed as our own rebirth moving okay. into this. So yeah, it's going to be a really powerful uh, journey event. Do you have a um, link for that that I can post? I do. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Send it to you. Yes, yeah. Please do. I'm going to get this out and I'm going to look at a plane ticket. Really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. And yes. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So a gathering, gathering. Of yeah. And, and just women that are ready to, to create, to step into her power and no longer, you know, being stuck in this place of fear, or gloom and yeah. all these things. It's like, no, we have work to do. We have things to create. We have legacies to leave behind for our children and future generations. And, and that's why, you know, it's going to be a really powerful trans- transformation. And what else do you have coming up? I know you have an offering. What? What? Well, yes, I just, I'm starting to kind of put stuff back up on my website and get my website growing. So yesterday I just did my first edible backyard herbs 101 class, Beautiful. which is now the recording is there and available for purchase in my little, my little shop that just has one guide and one course, but it's growing. So it's cool. uh, Kristen, kristennagel.ca. Okay. And then. The Reclaiming Birth Conference is going to be huge this September. So we have Gloria LeMay, Billy Harrigan, Dr. Stu, Lily Nichols, and Nikita Stark from the UK um, all coming, plus several other breakout sessions. So that's September 20th and 21st. And so this is um, our second annual event, and we're just getting started with this conference. And it's not just a conference. This is becoming a movement. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I know, sorry, Logan, everyone's been patient. All your babies have been so patient. I love this. I'm going to post all of it. I'm so grateful for your time today and just sharing. Oh, beautiful. Adley's first story. Yeah. Thank you, mama. Thank you. Thank mm. you. And are you doing any companionship work with women as well? Um, Not yet. I think my first birth is this coming September with, with my girlfriend, Christina. So after she was at my birth, she had always been in love with birth and uh, she was a doula, but couldn't do it anymore because of the system. And she didn't know where her place would be uh, in the birth world until she came to my birth, met Billy. And then I got her enrolled. She enrolled in the, in the TDC course right after that. And so she's been going to a bunch of of births in London. So when I am back home, then her and I are doing our first birth together in September. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does she have a site? Can I, can I um, tag? Your she has, she I think actively... an Instagram site. Yeah, yeah. She's actively taking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I'm going to get yeah. that from you then. I'd like yes. to put her in the show notes as well for yeah, those absolutely. that are down in Southern Ontario. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Thank you. This was great. Okay. This was so wonderful. I'm wishing you a beautiful day. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, check the show notes for all the beautiful resources you heard in this in this this beautiful sharing today and almost happy birthday Adley and thank you again for sharing her story we'll talk soon thank you thank you everybody for joining us take care bye